Welcome back to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. All right, we're back with Maricela's part two, picking up on her life post-study abroad, where she got to experience the good, the bad, and the ugly of the food service industry before landing at One Fair Wage. between study abroad in Madrid and graduation? Uh, you know what? I was a super senior, so two years. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Two years. Okay. Yeah, because last minute, and this is the one thing that I was like, freaking UC Berkeley, but um, there was... So I studied abroad, and I thought that most of those credits were going to count towards my political economy major, and so I had banked on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had changed the requirements, like, for my major. And I'm like, okay, but I but I signed up when it was this. So, yeah, like, yeah, you can't yeah. just change, you know, like, yeah. drag the rug under me. Um, that's not how you say it. I'm pretty sure that's not a saying. It's not, but I knew yeah. what you were trying Pull to say. Pull the rug under me, not Pull drag the, rug the rug out from under me. Okay, yes. Yeah, there yeah. we go. There Listen, we go. we're going to get there. Yeah, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you understood. <laughs> uh, yes. And yeah. so they did that, and I... I I was like, okay, well, I had already studied abroad and I already have these classes. Anyway, they didn't accept them. And then I had to be a super senior for a semester. I see. To make up. To make up. Mm-hmm. But I was only taking one class. And then, therefore, since I was only taking one class, I didn't qualify for financial aid, right? Because you have to have. Um, oh, like 12 credits amount. minimum. Yeah. I mean, I could like have done the 12, but I'm like, yo, I'm ready to go. Yeah, like, um, give, give me yeah. the five out. Yeah. And so I, I only took that one class and it was like $4,000. And so just for that one class and it was like a not interesting class mm, yeah what was it? i mean i'm thankful they let me in right because i was like please let me in yeah so that's can, right so i can so get I the graduate. fuck out and get my piece of paper yeah. yeah it was like this political science class about stocks and mostly the teacher just went on about how he knew these people who were rich that had gotten rich through stocks and like somebody asked him like a basic question like what are stocks mm-hmm. and then he he wasn't open to answering it he was just like what do you mean? That, that's like the most basic question. To do. Okay, I'm like, well, then sir, like answer it. Right, us. right. We're in a learning <laughs> environment. Please help me do that. Yeah. God, what an idiot. Yeah. Um, and so, but I'm like, cool, $4,000. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> down the shitter to be told, hey, you're poor. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what was, what, what was the situation when you graduated? Like you, you, you came back from Madrid Knowing what you wanted to do, you had to deal with the bullshit bureaucracy at Berkeley. Wow, that alliterated. <laughs> um, and then you finally were able to graduate. So then what? Like, where where were you in terms of, like, your ability to, to bring that kind of, I don't know if this is the right word, but, like, communal food culture to the States? Like, were you actively working on that? Were you just kind of trying to move your way up? Like, what, what was going on? Yeah, so during that time when I was only taking one class, I was working 
basically full time as a cashier, right? So yeah. I started off at Picante in, in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I started there with like whatever job I could, right? Because I, I was breaking myself in. So I needed to learn all of the positions. So, mm. so I you consciously took that job because you wanted to learn all aspects of owning and or operating a food establishment. Exactly. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So um, they were hiring for, and also that, that place was close to me and um, the people were really friendly when mm. I went in for the interview. And mm. so I was like, this seems like a good vibe. And actually was, that was one of my favorite jobs. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was a, a cashier bartender for like six months. Um, and I, I made some friends there too that are like lifelong friends and they still hit me up if they need something like, yo, sure. like um, this is happening. Do you have some help with like, legal help and I'm like yes let me connect you with, sure. with who I can sure. um yeah and so then after that I became a catering assistant also for picante but picante catering and mm. then I became a catering manager I was there for several years as a catering manager mm -hmm. um, I made pretty good money mm. yeah I meaning like hourly or per catering gig it was like a, a like a you know a yeah. stack of bills <laughs> both no i'm just kidding no it was salaried it was an hourly oh, nice. okay. um yeah it was it was salaried and my base pay wasn't great but mm -hmm. but um if i like increased sales from last year which was i think the sales there were um i don't know like around three hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. if i just did more than that mm -hmm. for every dollar i did more i got 10 percent. nice and so what so were you were you the business or were you on the business side of the catering like were you like helping them market the catering service to get more clients or you were you helping them close clients or were you like coming up with the recipe like what mm. what whips what part of the catering business were you yeah so i was more like client facing gotcha and so if there was um marketing to be done then i would like show my idea to the marketing person that we had and then ah. like they would flesh out my idea so you. that into something that was coherent I, I wouldn't make the recipes there was a, an executive chef who would do that gotcha. but gotcha. yeah I was more a part of the, the sales okay um, and I was a one-person team when I was a manager I was like I'm gonna I'm do this on my own the, as the manager the sales manager of the catering arm mm-hmm you yeah. were the one woman band. Yeah, it was like it used to be a two person band. Gotcha. And so then I like when <laughs> so then when when uh, which was a crazy story, actually. But my boss, oh, when I was catering, we're going to park right there. I need it. I okay. need it. I need the crazy story. Okay. I need it. I need it. I need the crazy story. Let me tell you about this crazy story. Let me tell you about this crazy story. <laughs> uh, bad rhythm. That yeah. did not go at all. You know what? It's the sunshine. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, I appreciate your support. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, all right. So I was this catering assistant, right? Mm -hmm. And the catering manager, whose name I will not disclose, okay. had an insane story. So she was gaining weight, right? Okay. And she kept telling me she was As gaining weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was telling me she was gaining weight, and that she felt very uncomfortable. She would she would try to do exercise each morning, but like, um, she now wasn't even able to run around the block. She's like, yo, and she went to the doctor, and they told her that she had um, like a like urine. What are they, what does it call? Like UTI? No, not a UTI. She had stones in her. Oh oh oh. Uh, gallbladder some oh oh kidney stones I think it was kidney stones yeah okay it was she had kidney stones and then they checked her her pee for it they're like yeah you have you have kidney stones they gave her medication for it and like they told her like to see how that panned out and uh, we were having lunch one day so this was like first for several months right and like mm -hmm. it was like a progression mm -hmm. we were having lunch and then one of my colleagues uh, who worked in, in the restaurant came up to her and he was like you know 
I know you don't want to tell any of us, but I know that you're pregnant. Oh, I could see it in your face. Like Whoa. you have a glow. And she was like, she's like, I know people have been saying that behind my back, but I'm not. Um, I have like kidney, kidney stone stones. And so like, like I'm, I'm having like a health issue. Yeah. And they were like, he was like, well, you should check yourself. Cause I know that you're pregnant. Uh, I was like, okay, that was rude. Right. Rude and uncomfortable. I know, but I also really liked him. And so anyway, but that was on, but just like, he was a good person. I don't sure, think he sure. meant to say it like, sure, sure. but it was rude for mm-hmm. sure. Um, anyway, so then she like comes in one, one morning, mm-hmm. like kind of devastated. Uh-huh. And she's like, I just checked myself and I'm pregnant. Bitch. And I'm like, oh my God. And she has like the, the second, she's like, I'm going to check it again because what if that first one was wrong? No, and so girl. she goes and does it right in the bathroom, right? Uh-huh. She comes out, we're waiting for it. I feel like the dad over here. It's <laughs> 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 <You're> so stupid. <laughs> I feel like the dad over here. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, is she pregnant? Oh my God. <sighs> she was pregnant. Oh my God. And How then far she, along was she at this point? But she was so far along that the doctor couldn't even tell her if she was due tomorrow or if she was Shut due in a month. Shut the up. She was that far. She, she, she didn't feel anything inside. She really thought it was a kidney stone and she not a fetus. She thought it was kidney stone. She had gone to the doctor. They told her it was kidney stones. Wait, they didn't test her for, for Not pregnancy? for pregnancy, I guess. What? Okay. Yeah. And that's why. And it took, and it took, uh, Lil Brian to come mm-hmm. up rude in her face and be like, bro, the jig is up. You're pregnant. Like that's the, that was the impetus for her finding out. Yes. Absolutely not. Yes. Absolutely not. She did not know if she's going to pop tomorrow or in a month or did what. Did she look pregnant to you? No. She used to tell me her whole story. I thought it was like, dang, she's like having this health issue. Did you, she, did she just look like she was getting fatter and not like, pr- like pregnant? Yeah. She didn't look round like that. It didn't look round like a baby. Seriously. Well, how how long between when she when she found out to when she actually had the baby? Two weeks. Shut the mm-hmm. shut up, girl. She was she that far along. Had to get a crib like that week, wow. right? Because she's like she didn't know if she was gonna have her baby tomorrow. But it was very interesting also because like when she found out, she like walked different because before she was like walking like oh shit like i'm trying to like suck in my stomach i think maybe because she was also wearing like like bigger clothes it wasn't like i could tell that her stomach was wrong but then like Mm -hmm. now she was like taking care of her baby she was like like holding her stomach two weeks Mm -hmm. to enjoy pregnancy girl because (laughs) (laughs) wow okay yeah wow that was crazy yeah that's insane was she what did she was she partnered or had like a boo a booty like like was the dad no around no they she had been dating this guy for like years but they had broken up and they had just like had like sex on her birthday or his birthday and that's when she got pregnant that'll do it Mm -hmm. that'll do it and then uh yeah that was that was a shock for him too yeah i i bet yeah wow okay so insane yeah so she so that's why she left so that's why that's she why it was a two woman band, and then it just became a one woman band. Yeah, because I was like, all of that drama, I'm gonna go ahead and work alone. That's correct. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead I and don't do this. Have time. Yes. Yeah. Let's not wow. do this. And yeah, and so um, yeah, it was good money because I was able to surpass the sales from the year before, oh, and nice. then 
like yeah for every dollar i got 10 percent. it was really nice. nice so i ended up with like a bonus of like twenty thousand dollars nice nice, right now, nice. Which, and for someone just out of college like that's a lot yeah, of money so yeah nice. oh, and, and that was on top of your base pay that was on top of my base pay, Got yeah. You. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So was was this experience? I'm going to be thinking about your secretly pregnant former coworker for like a week. <laughs> um, was this experience on with the catering arm of Picante? Was did that like further energize you into your like your uh, zest and zeal for um, service being in the service industry like food service yes mm-hmm. but also maybe maybe not like oh like it is it is zeal but it's also like what I saw wasn't always pretty ah tell me about what you saw yeah so I had a colleague who who was a manager who was such a sexual harasser mm. such a sexual harasser like he would like for example and I hmm so when no 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 yeah like when i was like unloading like after a hard day of catering like your feet are tired you're like god damn it's like midnight at this point or one in the morning like exhausted the whole restaurant's closed like Mm -hmm. you're just there to unload stuff real quick and like put things away um he would do a lot of those events with me Mm -hmm. and like um as we were unloading sometimes he would just like stand there and watch and then like I'm like busting my ass here trying to like load things down and he'd be like, oh, nice ass or like, you know, being being like making sexual comments yeah. about my body while yeah. I'm unloading and my feet hurt yeah. and You're I just want to go home and sleep Yeah, that's and right. I just want to take a shower and I smell like burrito <laughs> and I just need you to shut up. <laughs> yeah, I need you to help me so I can get home quicker. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, so that shit was annoying as fuck. Did, and he, did, all, did all of the women who worked there with their with you with him like have that complaint like was he like an indiscriminate sexual harasser no he i mean he had his types i think and so those his types were the ones he would say and he was also charming ah you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a black and white like very like it was like a he was a charming person he was funny Mm -hmm. um but just he would hide like he would hide behind his humor i think yeah yeah um so yeah there was that and there was a lot of other people who experienced the same thing and i um again probably because of my background I, I was also not someone to like just shut up about yeah that's it. right and so i like would yell right back like yo like her, like fucking help me yeah, like yeah, what yeah. are you even doing at this yeah. moment yeah. like and so um that bothered me because like it was part of the culture like there was everyone just kind of took that as a given it kind of took it as a given, not just his behavior, but it promoted other people's I behavior see. in the kitchen as well mm. um, into doing things like that. Like one time I was like helping in catering, like to just chop some stuff. I don't remember what I was chopping. Mm-hmm. And then someone in the kitchen was like, oh, you chop so sexy. And I'm like, I have that? a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> hurt you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to impale you, bitch. What? what the you chop so sexy. I didn't even know what to say to what that. What did you say to that? I was just like, I'm going to go ahead and continue chopping. That's right. I'm going to just <laughs> keep working. You're right. What do you, what do you mean? I don't. Okay. Yeah. You chop so sexy. I yeah. have a knife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fear I, me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, it's exactly how I felt. But he just kept walking after he said that. So I was like, I don't even have time for a good comeback. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or, or, or I was just like, that is so awkward. Yeah, that's right. What what were you expecting me to say back? Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Do you think that that type of behavior is uh, emblematic of 
the food service industry at large or do you absolutely. think that was yeah mm. absolutely i've talked to a lot of people hmm. what also, is one of the wildest stories someone's ever told you about i mean well that you've at another place i yeah. worked at mm-hmm. ugh, this one was fucked up um i saw i knew her while i was working there too and she told me that because she had a baby right mm-hmm. And so not, it's not secret, baby. This not is another secret, baby. Okay. This was a this was a plan, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but she was a single mom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, it was um, maybe like a like a one year old. It was a baby, baby. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah, like small. a yeah. It was a small baby. And so it's really hard for for women who are making very low amounts of money to get babysitters. Yeah, that's right. So sometimes you have to trust your baby with like folks that maybe you wouldn't want to trust your baby with, but like you have to yeah. make ends meet. Yeah. To feed your baby, and yeah. so. Anyway, this woman, um, she asked one of her colleagues, who's a, a guy, she never told me who, but that um, if she could trade shifts with him yeah. because her babysitter like wasn't picking up yeah, and so yeah, she needed yeah. just the 30 minutes, right? Yeah, she needed yeah. just the 30 minutes. And he told her, yes, um, but you have to send me a naked picture of yourself. Okay, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Okay, no. No. I'm just going to be 30 minutes late. Then. Yeah, I'll just just dock my... That's so fucked uh-huh. up. I mean, if we... I mean, it's it's fucked up that he was gross about it, but it's also obviously fucked up that, like, families, largely women, are forced into these... Neg- you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. childcare should be a... If, you, if, the, if society requires children, and it does, to continue, like... They right. need to be cared for and not in a way that... Right. They just need to be cared for. Like, easy, simple, simple safe... Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. that makes me really angry. Yeah, yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. It's so messed up. And I knew, I knew those guys that worked back there, and they seemed like really nice people, you yeah. know. And so I'm like, <laughs> until you need to switch a shift, and yeah. then it's like, I'm going to need a nude selfie. Yeah, but no, that really sucks too because like I, it's, it's like another face that you don't often see, yeah, right? Because yeah, if I yeah. hadn't explicitly asked her like, have you experienced sexual yeah. harassment yeah. here, she would never have told me. No, she me. wouldn't have told you. She would have taken, you know, that's just, she would have taken it in stride mm-hmm. and maybe never told anyone or just, you know, maybe a very close friend. But, you know, mm-hmm. those that 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 level of humiliation, you don't just, you know, mm-hmm. scream it from the rooftops. Nobody, you're, nobody, yeah. nobody is excited so to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, so like that, it's more of like what, those experiences led me to to where I am currently, but yeah, there's also the discrimination in the industry and how people of color, like the the darker you are, the mm-hmm. more often you are in the back of house, huh. and, and and that's you're saying that's 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 something that people in the industry would agree with as a as a reasonable generalization. Yeah, and it's hmm. something that I that I saw, but I thought it was like maybe just the places that I worked at. Uh-huh. But then um, when I started organizing, I started organizing with Rock, the Restaurant Opportunity Center. Mm-hmm. They had done a lot of research and realized that this isn't just like a trend that you see in one or two restaurants, wow. but it's actually like statistically, like the people who are darker are in lower paid positions. Mm-hmm. They are as like the dishwasher, they are like prep cooks and mm-hmm. um, not often given opportunities to be even like the the line cook that's the lead or uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean, or it even, makes sense. Or even in the front of house, sure. because front of house, like the servers are generally making much more money yeah. uh, because you're getting tipped. And so you, you can count on that. But yeah, they're often um, put in positions. People of color are often put positions in the back of house rather than oh. those. Wow. 
are people of color overrepresented, if you will, in back of house because those are the positions that are most highly exploited in the restaurant industry, most highly exploited that you can, you know, get away with more bullshit, like, you know, you know, paying someone in cash or or paying someone below the minimum wage. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think that is um, that definitely has a component to it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I mean, what 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 the research has shown is that also sometimes it's self-selecting like huh. as candidates when you see when you walk into a space mm -hmm. and you don't see yourself as like oh i can work here as a server mm -hmm. you tend to apply as mm -hmm. like a position where you do see yourself mm -hmm. and so it sometimes is a self-selecting mm -hmm. but it's oftentimes not right sometimes yeah. it's just like those opportunities when when you as an employer are are hiring mm -hmm. you are using like faster methods of, of like your your, um, I'm not sure if it's the left or the right, but your fast side of the brain mm -hmm. that's like processing things. And so you, that's more prone to implicit bias. Mm. And a lot of those um, positions that that are held by ha hiring managers mm -hmm. are um, white men. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to hire more white men. And so it just like, it's a, it's a cycle. Mm. I don't know. I'm not to think about, I understand what you're saying, but I think there's something else going on here in the data that we're missing. Because all like I'd be I'd be interested. This is just my own bullshit. This is an aside. I'd be interested in seeing like how the data was collected and how are you and not you, but how were the people who administered the survey or or collected the data like how are you delineating you know lighter skin mm -hmm. versus darker skin? Like what is that line? But it also seems to me that like if you're if you're front I'm, and I'm not saying the data is wrong. I just I have some questions about mm -hmm. some of the conclusions that are being drawn. But like. Being front of the house in this country, I think, presumably, like, that means you would, you, like, uh, th that is, um, that self-selects for, you know, proficiency in English. Um, that, that, that is not, not everybody has. Um, that self-selects for, you know, a certain look, which is more correlated, not a certain look, but like a presentation, which is kind of sort of correlated with like wealth and background. I don't know. I would have to. I would yeah. have to. I'd have, have to look into it and see just to, just to try and right. make sense of the data because I think there are there are many different. Um, You're basically saying there's not. It's not like apples to apples, right? Because not everyone comes. I think that like your point of the English language is super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But a lot of these roles are tra like you can train somebody to do these roles. It's sure. just like not not those roles are um, people are not being given those opportunities sure, to sure, be trained sure, 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 and sure. also there there is a bias that that and I'll pass you all of the, the sure, information sure, 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 so sure, that sure. you have it but there is a bias towards people who um, though English is not their first language mm -hmm. they're European and so they have like a French accent uh -huh. or like and so that's like more preferred ah, than somebody who has a Latino accent I see I see yeah I see what you're saying mm -hmm. okay 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 that makes sense what are some other issues endemic to the service industry that people might not be aware of. You already cited, you know, just, you know, the kind of like quotidian and mundane, like sexual harassment toward women. Um, this, this study that she cited that said that uh, uh, darker skinned and or people of color are uh, overrepresented in the back of the house, which are lower paying jobs, generally speaking, than front of the house. What are some other issues in the service industry that maybe people don't think of or probably are not aware of that you that you you understand or are familiar with yeah well most recently the one that comes to mind is because of COVID-19 in states that are not 
that are not one fair wage, right? So in the majority of states mm -hmm. in, in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, women who are getting paid like two dollars and thirteen cents, they're wearing masks, um, are are both like supposed to get tips from from clients, but are also being asked to enforce COVID nineteen protocols. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. During this time, mm -hmm. and so it's mm -hmm. it's a really messed up position because that directly like has shown to lower your tips yeah, if you tell a client yeah, yo like yeah. maintain your distance or yeah. like put on your mask yeah you know? yeah mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. that's another thing that that is really messed up during this moment a lot of women are being asked to take off their masks so it's uh, something that we like coined as masculine harassment but they're being asked by clients um let me see how cute you are to see how, how really? much to tip you. And so, like, they're being asked to take off their masks. Seriously? Wow. Girl. Wow, wow. It's wild. I, I mean, that doesn't, unfortunately, that doesn't surprise, it doesn't, no, I get, no, it does surprise and shock me because it's like, what? Mm -hmm. But, but it mm -hmm. kind of doesn't. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Those power dynamics are a huge issue. Do you think that, do you think that we, and I don't know if you consider yourself, a leftist or progressive. I think you do. That's why I'm here. But do you think that we, we don't, in aggregate, we don't focus enough politically on, on worker protections in this industry, and it's ironic because a lot of the labor force is like, woman and and, you know, minority or people of color like. The, like these are the people to organize. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because these this because we you know we have a lot of language for you know the, uh, you know unfair power dynamics and you know like you know an office setting you know tech and da 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 and we all get that. But it's like, what do you do when your base pay hourly is you know two dollars? You're depending on tips and you're in a global pandemic. You have to work to eat because the government cut you one measly fucking you know whatever check mm -hmm. and and you are and you are being told by the person in charge of your wage essentially mm -hmm. to like take off your mask because 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 they can tell you to do it and you'll comply and you know and, and people get off on that but like what do you do mm -hmm. like wh like what worker protections are there for this person that's absurd i know it's crazy and like uh, those those folks in those positions during covid haven't even a lot of them haven't been able to apply for unemployment insurance, mm. for example, because their wage looks so low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't even, they're too poor to apply yeah, for unemployment. To, yeah, that's right. It's crazy. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily ironic. I think it's intentional that this is a primarily woman workforce, primarily mm -hmm. woman of color workforce, yep. and then they're saying that our labor is worth less, mm. um, that they cannot possibly, as a business, sustain by paying us. Yeah a wage yeah. in 2021 wow. and mm. this actually does i don't know if you are if you already knew this but um this does stem from from slavery mm. where like after emancipation folks of color um black folks particularly yeah. went back to get a job rather like where they were already working but weren't being paid for right mm -hmm. and so they went and like hey now i can work but i can work for a wage mm -hmm. and like white america was like well you can just work on tips and so mm -hmm. from that moment to now, it's increased to $2.13. And wow. so like, it's still a legacy of slavery from mm -hmm. then. And it's some bullshit. Yeah, that's right. How did you find your way to OFW? So, okay. So after working in the industry for five years, mm -hmm. I heard of this restaurant 
um, called Colors in New York. Mm -hmm. And it was a nonprofit restaurant that centered workers. And I was like, whoa, this evolution of like what my what my restaurant was going to be. Right. Like that seemed like a really good model that something that centers workers that is anti-sexual harassment, that is anti-discrimination. And so um, while working at a restaurant in Oakland, I heard that they were opening up a Colors in Oakland. Uh, mm hmm. And so that's when I became involved with Restaurant Opportunity Center. Mm -hmm. I interned for them for six months. And Tell people what the Restaurant Opportunity Center is. So the Restaurant Opportunity Center is an organization that fights for food service workers, particularly. Um, it actually had a campaign called One Fair Wage within it. And that campaign um, transitioned because it was so... Um, because we're going against some really large players in one fair wage, a lot of people don't want to pay uh, women. They don't want to pay people more like a livable wage. And so uh, that campaign turned into its own nonprofit, which ah. is where I like transitioned my gotcha. role, gotcha. essentially. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you were, so you were, you started working, you wanted to work at the colors in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I project managed for them mm -hmm. for, like almost three years project managed their opening or the running of the company or the what? whole thing like it it was a building that was kind of beat up mm -hmm. um and i represented management um and ownership ownership particularly was rock right and mm -hmm. i i got the space um obviously with um with contractors like mm -hmm. looking good yeah. um <laughs> essentially like put all the the equipment inside i worked with like we had a, a team of of chefs who who helped like okay like what is the design of the kitchen and what is the flow and so like i coordinated those meetings and like um uh, acquired all of the the furniture and the equipment for the space and like the art and mm. um i also like did some of like the like what does hiring um, look like so that it's equitable and so that it's standard for everybody mm -hmm. and like um, what is the mission of the business what like what is the vision and, and the goals and like um, as a management team how do we because my role is supposed to transition to general manager mm -hmm. once once it was up and running mm -hmm. so how do we as a management team uh, not operate in an oppressive way mm -hmm. but like uh, you know like treat our our staff um, with equity and so like we I had already formed that team essentially like mm -hmm. I knew who it was gonna be um and we were contemplating those ideas together and some of those ideas that we were we were throwing around was like let's make it so that everyone has to do each role at least one time so huh. that you know how hard it is to be a dishwasher so yeah. you know how hard it is to be a bar back and mm -hmm. so like because a lot of times what happens in the restaurant industry is like you, you get a dish and it's dirty and mm -hmm. you start complaining about the dishwasher. Like, that's the third time today that this mm -hmm. dishwasher... And it's like, I don't know if you've seen a dishwasher's hands at the end of the night, yeah. but dishwasher's hands are so Raw. wrinkly yeah. and, like, they just, you know, are beat up after yeah. a five-hour shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardcore, like, chemicals, the heat. Like, they have to wear really, like heavy stuff so that I don't know why they have to wear such heavy stuff but they do uh -huh. and like it blocks them from like getting sprayed all of the time anyway uh -huh. so it's a hard job and so yeah. I think that it, it like what we talked about is like making everybody mm -hmm. have to do that job so that we feel for one another yeah. and like grow empathy in that way yeah. and so anyway that that it was gonna launch in March of last year mm -hmm. which is yeah nah, a really good opening um right. yeah so that's exactly when COVID hit mm -hmm. and the plans were delayed ever ever yeah. since then yeah. um 
Brock decided that it wasn't a good time, which obviously makes sense. And so uh, my role transitioned since I had completed my job as project manager and yeah. I was supposed to transition, but that transition was impossible. So mm. then I transitioned my role to project manager of the cooperative that I'm now at. The co-op. So OFW is the cooperative or is not? Oh, I'm sorry. So One Fair Wage is forming this cooperative. And gotcha. so this cooperative doesn't like exist quite yet. Okay. But I'm but, forming but, it. But wait, wait, wait. So, so you guys were... You were you were ready, prime ready to open Colors Oakland. Mm-hmm. The pandemic hit, so that's not happening. So then you you they OFW hired you to specifically project manage the new cooperative mm-hmm. effort. Yeah, gotcha. So they picked you up. They they were they they knew about you and the all the work that you did, and they were like, okay, hey, you come work with us, and because we have this idea because of the pandemic. Like, did the cooperative idea come? Was that always explain a explain what that is? Mm-hmm. B was that all, was that the idea before the pandemic or was that a result of the pandemic? So both. Um, so there's two branches of the cooperative. So the cooperative as one, one fair wage is like forming that 2.0 idea that I was talking to really really early on in yeah. the interview um, of giving workers power and getting them to be at the decision making table. And so this cooperative came from two different routes. We had already been thinking about this cooperative beforehand but one of the ideas of the of the cooperative is this training that does food handling that would be an alternative to surf safe for folks who like work in the food service industry you've taken uh, a training that you need in, in order to handle food and most times you choose the route of surf safe what a lot of folks don't know is that surf safe is owned by the national restaurant association which is this huge trade lobby mm-hmm. that lobbies against uh, people getting a higher wage yeah. so they want to keep um, the wage at $2.13. They fight against paid breaks. They fight against anything that would cost the business money they fight against because the people who run it are like the folks from um, the owners of Olive Garden and the owners of Denny's and and, like big corporations. Mm -hmm. And so their their interest is not to increase anything for for the owners they want, right? And so um, this training, what what we're envisioning is to have have it be worker-owned essentially. So... Mm -hmm. Instead of getting a surf safe, you can get um, this cooperative version and um, pay into that. But when you pay into it, that money goes into a pool where you yourself are like given access to be an owner of that same training. And you can decide like where, where that pool of money goes, mm-hmm. whether it's like, OK, maybe it's a rainy day fund or maybe it's. Um, you want to lobby for your rights. You know, mm-hmm. you want to pay yourself to be able to go to Sacramento for the day rather mm-hmm. than like lose a whole day of work. Whatever it is that you that the workers decide to do is, um, you know, the route that we'll go towards. And so this idea had already been thought about a long time ago because um, we had been eyeing the fact that SurfSafe is using worker money to lobby against worker rights. That's right. Uh-huh. So and explain that just a little bit more because i have i know because you've explained this to me before but sur- explain again surf safe surf safe is it is a food safety training that you are mandated to take if you handle any food so if you are a server if you are cooking food as a cook your prep cook anyone who handles food has to go through a safety training and then the safety training that most people take is a version called Serve Safe. Okay. And Serve Safe is owned by the National Restaurant Association. And those bastards, they lobby against workers yes. who are forced to to pay and t- to pay to take Serve Safe to get certified. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this uh 
this t- devil's brew of mm-hmm. nonsense. There's a better way of saying that. But yeah, like that's they just where I am. Essentially, workers workers are paying to have the NRA l- fuck them. We fund our demise. That thank you. That yeah. was so much, <laughs> so much more eloquent. Than, yeah, it's so it's so messed up, and a lot of us don't know. Mm-hmm. I myself didn't know. Yeah. Right, and and. And there's other options. There's not just Surf Safe, right? Sure. Surf Safe is like Kleenex. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The so there are stuff. other tissues that you could get. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. have to be this one, but yeah. um, most people do get this one. And it, it has become something that people don't even say food safety training, they say Surf Safe. Mm, and so, like, you not only pay it one time, you pay it every three years. What, why aren't the other options more, more popular or more widely used? Are um, they harder to access? Those no, trainings? They're not harder to access. I think that it just has become like, th- that's just the most popular one. So a lot of people just say that and that's mm. what people search. So it's Kleenex. I think effect. it also, yeah, I think mm. it has like, um, I'm sure they have a really good marketing team, sure, you know? Sure. And so it's a, a harder competition. And like, there's really no reason, if you don't know this information about the National Restaurant Association, there's no reason for you to search yeah. for a different one because yeah. this one just does it for you. Right. Why not? It's the National Restaurant Association. Yeah, they, sounds right. Yeah, that's right. It sounds like <laughs> they've got my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. So, so that part came before COVID, right? Yeah. So we already knew we were building that. And then the second branch of the cooperative came after COVID. So we launched as One Fair Wage. We launched an emergency relief fund. Um, we were able to, by we, I mean, honestly, our founder, Saru, mm-hmm. she was able to fundraise over $22 million nice. within like a couple months, nice. which is like superhero status. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we got like thousands, hundreds of thousands of workers who applied for this emergency relief fund within like the first month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were speaking to those workers because we, we called them. We were asking them about their situations and like, um, you know, assessing like their need essentially because we needed to figure out like um, based on need is it's like yeah. the more you got if you needed more. Um, it's still not enough, right? Sure. <laughs> like, and you and, and Saru and OFW should not have been in the position to have to fill in, like stand in the gap for all these service workers when there's a goddamn federal government who who has the power to make sure everybody's okay. But I mean, right. that uh, she did it obviously and, and thank God, but that that's a ridiculous position to be put into. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And we're like from other States, people are telling us like, yeah, I don't even, I don't even qualify for unemployment. Yep. Like this is like the only yep. aid I'm getting, which yep. is like, I need to find another job. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, yep. but I need to find another job. Um, where was I going with that? Oh yes. So in speaking to those workers, a lot of them, um, like we did a survey question that if they were interested in working in a cooperative and they expressed that yes, because it was a more equitable, they saw it as a more equitable version of, of where they worked um, rather than where they worked currently. Like they saw it as like their job was already unsustainable before. And so um, that's where this branch of the cooperative is. It's like, we're still forming it. Honestly, it's sure. like, it's a food hub with delivery, but it's still like in the works. And we're working with um, a group of worker owners who yep. are part of this fund. Um, who we've um, organized in a way where they're going to be owners in the future. And mm. so we're still like working the knacks or whatever that's called. Um, <laughs> girl, I'm going to make up words. <laughs> I love that here at What's Left to Do because that's what your darling host does every single episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're still working on, on the details of that. But essentially we're building um, an, an equitable workplace for people to come back to with workers themselves. 
I've been fighting for worker power for for a while. Even mm -hmm. as like a worker, I've been fighting for worker power, and it's really difficult if you are not controlling like the culture of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, like there, I've had colleagues, even as a manager, who there's no way that I can control things as a manager when another manager is sexually harassing everybody mm -hmm. because his voice is respected more than mine. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we need to be on the driver's seat, and we need to develop this the the culture of the the space that we're trying to um, make. Uh, from the get-go, mm -hmm. you know? And so um, ultimately the reason is that workers need to be owners. And I think mm -hmm. that that is the only way to make the industry equitable because mm -hmm. otherwise businesses are going to be talking about how, oh, it's really hard to pay workers this much or because our bottom line, but it's, it, it's a proven model. Like the cooperative model is a proven model. It's worked in other countries like Mondragon and in Spain. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that we can bring that here sure. and, and like, um, allow workers to like be able to survive honestly mm, it's mm. really not a huge ask that it's like be able to survive be able to get some wealth for you and your family not mm. be able to just um, make ends meet working three jobs but like work one job sustainably yeah. and be able to live yeah you know yeah, it's a dignified yeah. life mm -hmm. yeah yeah what do you anticipate as the fights that you all will encounter along the way? Like, what are, how are you, how are you thinking about defense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we're going against some big players. Mm -hmm. Like the biggest one is obviously the National Restaurant Association. Mm -hmm. um, one fair wage already, that, that is our nemesis. And mm -hmm. so we are on, on defense there. But specifically, like, I mean, cutting them from their revenue stream is going to result in a fight. I'm not positive how um, close they are to the people who certify. Because ah, um, uh, there's another company called ANSI that certifies, right? Mm -hmm. American National Standards Institute. Mm -hmm. um, they certify trainings for you to be like a legit trainer, ah, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's like 23 in California mm -hmm. that are legit trainers. But I'm not positive how closely associated the NRA oh, is sure with ANSI. I think so too. Yeah. Um, and so that's a fight that that I anticipate. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think legally like they can exclude us from. But you know we're gonna have to come with like some lawyers too yeah. and on our end. And also keep your eye on Sacramento. And make sure that they don't know. You know they don't. You know s s quietly slip in some. You know some rider onto some bill that legally cuts you out. You know what I mean? Even mm -hmm. if that. Even though. That wouldn't be right, but mm -hmm. if they can make it law, then you're, you know, then you're yeah. fucked. So, yeah. you know, keep your eye on that, too, because they're crafty. Right. <clears throat> they are mm -hmm. super crafty. And we saw that with, like, Proposition 22. That's right. And how, like, they've said that delivery drivers need food safety training, mm. but they don't say who needs to give it. They don't say what needs to be in that food safety training. Uh, uh, uh. They could literally give them a paper that says food safety training, I think. Wow. And, like, that could be the food safety training. Wow, wow, wow. And so it's just, yeah, there's a lot of... Um, I think that my, my biggest concern is the National Restaurant Association. Sure, though. sure, sure. What do you, are you at all concerned about your ability, not you, the individual, but you and, and the good folks over at OFW? Are you concerned about you guys's, you all's ability to um, to convince workers and bring them along? Right. I think that most food service workers that I've talked to about this, they're like, what? Hmm. They're... The National Restaurant Association is the owner of SurfSafe and they are using money that I myself every three years mm -hmm. feed the beast, yeah, you know? Right. So I think that um, it's going to be like an information, like we need to 
divulge that information in a way that we can get masses. And so mm-hmm. I think we do have to have a really good marketing team mm. to be able to do that because otherwise people are going to go with the status quo. They're going to choose the Kleenex, you know? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there might be, because I mean, they play dirty and I've of seen course. them play dirty in other places. Mm-hmm. Like we were um, fighting for to the for the elimination of subminimum wage in, in D.C. And um, the NRA's... Oh, I slogan. fucking remember that fight because I'm from DC. Go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh. their slogan was "War on Tips," and they were telling workers that we were trying to eliminate their tips. And workers got scared, right? Because it's like, yeah. well, I, 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 need I, my I tips. get shit pay. I yeah. need my tips. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And so, like, um, th- it was like fighting that wave. Uh-huh. Ultimately, Initiative 77 passed, mm-hmm. but it was overturned. Yep. And so that is some bullshit. Like yep. it was, yeah. And so anyway, so I do think that. I mean, just learning from that lesson, Mm -hmm. I do think that there might be like some play on words. Like, who are we? Like, are we there? They might try to demonize us. It's possible. What do you mean might? They 100% are going to demonize you. Thank you, yeah. And, and, you know, and fuck and pull out every trick in the book. They're going to use the most sad sack poor looking black woman to come out, you know, in a commercial because they always, Mm -hmm. they always use it a black woman mm-hmm. when when that's like demonstrably black to like you know kind of get you to call into question right. like ah oh, is this a good thing she's saying yeah. that it's actually good that yeah. right. it's so, so sad actually it's so fucking sad because it's like these women do depend on like if, with initiative 77 they depended on their tips and so yeah. they were like they were like crying they're like my my children need that and it's yeah. like well then we have to explain to them like this is not like we're, we're sh- not taking your tips away we're bringing up your your hourly wage so you yeah. don't have to lean not that you will not lean heavily on your tips, but that you are able to... For fucking your slow days, bro. Yeah, like your yeah. Mondays, your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays. If you're working at a pizza parlor, you're not going to get any tips. And the tips you do get, your employer is now going to steal from you mm-hmm. and use it for your, your base, base wage. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you're not going to see any of those tips. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what we are saying is, like, you get to keep all of your tips on your Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, yeah. and Thursdays when it's slow. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. all. Like, that's really it. But I think people will just... Uh, yeah. So, I think a lot of those strategies, like, it could be echoed into mm-hmm. into what... Where we're gonna fight. Gotcha. Is the are you looking? How are you looking at this fight in terms of time? Is this a you got like like you are you're in this? I want to see results in a year, two years, that I, or is this or are you looking at it like this is this is going to happen over a long arc of time? Like how are you thinking about like how long you have in you to contribute to these efforts? Yeah. So I see like each branch operating differently so the training needs to happen asap and so we're already building the training we've built one for food delivery drivers already Uh and we're moving that one forward Mm -hmm. but now now we're working on building the general food handling one Mm -hmm. um so i see that moving forward um within the next six months like also the certification process as well Ah. like that is inclusive of that Uh um for the second branch it's a little harder because we are um still playing with it as like a board of worker owners and seeing like what is the best strategy to move forward and like what um, is sustainable for mm-hmm. uh, for workers because we want to build the best model so that when we pass it to folks like they're able to survive and it doesn't right. like go under and so that's right. um, yeah we're, that's still in the works and so that one's a longer process mm, okay okay mm-hmm. um, w- what about this work w- do you enjoy the most or find most interesting or you know brings you alive however you want to put that I think for me, 
what I most enjoy is when, so we have monthly mixers with worker owners, about like 12 of them nice. who we've been developing for some time. And then we have like subcommittees to form the governance structure of this cooperative. And like, we're moving towards like, um, what does our logo look like in a subcommittee for that? Um, so I think those meetings bring me the most joy mm -hmm. because um, we get to share experiences together and mm -hmm. people who are still in the fight who are still working as worker own, I mean, mm -hmm. as um, restaurant workers, like they bring in like, hey, this just happened to me. And like, and then they bring joy. They are always able to like, even if they're in difficult uh, situations, um, bring joy into the space and like that passes along to me and gives me energy and so yeah. I'm always like super pumped after those meetings and I think it's a little bit different right now because of COVID and so like when I was like project managing and organizing at um, my previous job like I could see people in person and mm. so I also gained a lot of energy yeah, that way that's right. That's right. and so now it's all remote and virtual and so like it's, it's a little bit harder um on my hips on my legs i feel like <laughs> i'm not trying to sit all day yeah. but yeah like so um yeah it, like finding that human connection is a little bit it's a different scenario sure, now but sure. i think that the most joy that i get um is from those meetings with mm. with worker owners so you don't want to go back to opening a place or restaurant work right now you want to you want to be on the advocacy side or the organizing side yeah okay. i want to be um i want to be in the building side right now i am really excited that once we once we do develop this idea for the cooperative and it does form it becomes a physical space i am so interested in like going into that space whether if ah. it's like driving cooking whatever you need me for i'm mm -hmm. down to do okay yeah but i do see that as like a longer longer term and gotcha. I'm, I'm interested in more of the building process so, gotcha. yeah. and if you if you you and Saru and everyone at 1FW, as we say, <laughs> are successful. What what does that mean for, what does that, best case scenario, mm -hmm. what does that mean for uh, wor uh, wor uh, food service workers? Like if you guys, if, if everything goes exactly right, what mm -hmm. does that mean in terms of a change or improvement for workers in the service industry? Yeah, it gives us, I mean, the whole strategy is it gives us sectoral bargaining power, ah. right? So, like, I think what, what we've been tackling through, like, our collective decades of, of organizing, like calling on Saru's and Mamdu's, you know, decades of, of work, is that you can organize one restaurant and get that restaurant to change their ways and do better for, by their workers, but the neighboring restaurant doesn't do the same, huh. you know? And huh. so, and then it, it um, like, also it, like, gives, like, if, let's say that that restaurant does decide to increase their wages, th therefore they need to increase their prices. Mm. It puts them at a competitive disadvantage mm. with their neighbors mm. who are not doing the same ah, thing. And uh -huh. so we want it to be collective so yeah. that all of us, like, if we do all need to raise prices, we, we all need to do it. And yeah. it doesn't put one business out of, you know. I see. Um, so, yeah, I think ultimately what, what our goal is is sectoral bargaining power and being mm. able to fight for each other in a way that is more cohesive rather than individually, one by one, uh -huh. getting them to do mm. the work mm. that's right. Mm -hmm. Because this will mean blank for this sector of workers. This will mean what? This will mean that workers don't have to work five jobs, you mm. know, well, I'm exaggerating, right? Yeah, but some but, people maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, like three jobs to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. This will mean that workers um, are not getting paid $2 and freaking 13 cents yeah. per hour. That's like right. we're, we're able to um, collectively advocate for one, one another and not mm -hmm. have to be like, oh, I need to fight this fight at every restaurant I work at, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I can just have basic standards that are that are good for me, yep. you know? And so this would, this would mean a lot for workers who are often ignored and, um, and not taken into account. And is your goal to is your goal to take 
whatever comes of the organizing efforts with the cooperative and the food certification mm -hmm. training, is that is your goal to make it nationwide or just California or what? Well, we're starting in LA, right? And so we're, we're growing and like proving model here mm -hmm. and then um, expanding. Mm -hmm. um, I think the food safety training will be much easier to expand out of California, ah, right? Because like the, because the training um, itself won't mutate very much from oh, state see, to state because it's like food safety is a uh -huh. standard. Uh -huh. um, so we'll be able to move that much more easily. Um, the if like we decide on a physical space like we we want to expand to all of california um if like things go wonderfully we would absolutely love to expand out but i think that um you know the goal right now is getting california i think that what i would like to leave uh people who are listening is um, I'm glad that I was able to share that folks are getting paid as low as $2.13 because a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I want to emphasize if folks are, are interested in joining this movement and, and fighting for um, people of color who are working in, in the restaurant industry and in service industry, um, go to onefairwage.org and like help us fight. You can choose which route you, you want to, whether it's volunteer, whether it's donations, like what, what do you want to do, but like spread the message so you can liberate your like brothers and sisters. Like this, this is the only way if you join the fight. Mm. And I will also put a plug in is like, if you maybe consider contacting Mari, if she, if she would allow me to put a some form of contact in the show notes, because when it comes time for you know the the marketing push against the bastard ass National Restaurant Association, like if you have marketing skills or you know cri your crisis comm skills that can help them shape you know the positioning of you know th you know the the fight for you know serve safe for x or y like you might you might in addition to like volunteering you might have some like skills that you can lend or help out with to help them you know craft strategy or um or help out with tech or you know what have you so um there's there's uh there's there are many ways to help lend your talents to be able to help uh, liberate your brothers sisters siblings neighbors um you know workers that make it make make it possible for you to have a boozy fucking brunch <laughs> so, uh, so uh consider it maybe um oh well thank you for that um thank you mari it is a pleasure to finally be able to meet you in public person well we in are public. in public also so <laughs> so that too but it is such it has been such a pleasure and um thank you for um, thank you for talking to us about this. I think that the service, I think that there is revolutionary potential for organizing um, the service sector writ large, but particularly uh, food service workers. So um, I will be keeping my eye on this and staying in touch with you to be able to see what's going on because like th this would be major, major in a big way. Yeah, thank so, you. So thank you. Maricela and the good folks over at One Fair Wage are seizing this moment and its focus on workers with service industry wage strikes. I believe there was one on Tuesday in San Francisco. If you're interested in getting connected and involved, I put contact info in the show notes. It is time to liberate all food service workers from starvation wages. Let's go. All right. Please subscribe and share. Ha, ha, ha.
see you next week. 